Welcome in, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Paul Farrington Show. Just two on this one, Paul Farrington and Robert Ziggy Ziegler. Ziggy, it's uh, it's great to have you because everyone else flaked on us today. I mean, Paul, if you remember back to the old days of the Paul Farrington Show, you know, we had Max Hammersmith, we had Will Coots, you know, two, two real Notre Dame legends. And uh, Max, he could usually count on. You know, sort of like Mike, like he'll show up most of the time. Will Coots is the jack of this group. Or Jack is the Will Coots of this group. You never know when he's going to show up and when he's not. Yeah, it's 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 honestly it's been that way for for most of <laughs> most of the time I've known Jack, which has been most of our lives. Old Ziggy's always got always got your back, Paul. I'm here for the show. I'm ready to roll, and let's talk about some sports, huh? Yeah, let's uh, let's get into some NFL. We we were March Madness last episode, but that's not what we're about. We're uh, we are a football show here, and a big change coming in the NFL coming to the overtime rules, there isn't going to be another situation like Josh Allen last year, Ziggy, where the Chiefs score a touchdown and you let one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL get knocked out of the playoffs without having a chance to tie the game. Now in the playoffs, each team is going to have one possession regardless of what the first team does with the football. So if the team that gets the ball first scores a touchdown, second team gets the ball and a chance to win the game if they score a touchdown, a two-point conversion. I love it. I think it's a great change. It adds competition, adds more strategy to the game. Uh, I'm all for this. I know that you, however, are not. We say it adds more competition. We say it adds more strategy. Fortunately, the regular season, the NFL is being left untouched here. But the fact is, with this change, I think the NFL is ruining overtime. I feel like I'm the only person in the world of this take, even though I know that's not true. But, I mean, Paul, you know me. I like to watch defenses play football. I think the overemphasis on offense has gotten exhausting. And I think it's ridiculous that the only perspective we're looking at is perspective of the quarterback. You know, imagine Aaron Donald when it comes time for the for overtime. Aaron Donald under the current system gets a big chance to just put the game away right now. He you know, still defense can. is emphasized. He still can. Of course he, he still, still can. can. But defense is really emphasized. It's one of the only things left in the NFL that puts the defense in any way, in any situation, more important than the offense. It's basically the only thing left in the rules that says bringing on defensive players is important. You can't just have an overpowered offense and no defense and make it all the way to the Super Bowl. But we're giving up on that. I just I don't think get, that's like, a ridiculous I, take. I think that's well, a this ridiculous is, take. This, this, is, this is great for ratings. This is big for NFL ratings. Uh, they'll get their opportunity to let games go on a little bit longer, have the biggest faces and biggest stars of the league do their thing. But it makes me sad to see that, again, one of the only places in the rules where you're rewarded for having a competent defense is being taken away. And for what? I'm saying you can still have a competent defense win the game with this rule. You still can. Mahomes and the oh. Chiefs last year got the ball in overtime red hot, drove right down the field, game's over. Josh Allen should be awarded a chance. And look, I know that I'm citing the Chiefs-Bills game, but there are many situations going back where this, this rule will impact games. Like, think about the Super Bowl. New England and Atlanta. New England goes right down the field and scores. They're a red-hot offense. Matt Ryan doesn't even have a chance to tie the game. I'm just saying that I think the defense, like, from your standpoint and the people who are arguing that defense it, it was a, a focal point of the previous overtime rules. It doesn't change that much. 
If your defense gets a stop, it's still huge. Defense gets a stop on the first possession, you win the game with the field goal. So get a stop. I just think now, if there's a crazy couple, if there's a crazy overtime play like Demarius Thomas and Tim Tebow years ago, Ben Roethlisberger now gets a chance to go back out on the field. Paul, your argument would make sense if there weren't limited resources available in the NFL. What we've seen is teams committing increasing amounts of resources to the offense because the defense is just less important. So what this situation does is it continues to make the defense less important than they could be. Here's how it's going to happen. You're going to see a lot of games like this. Enlightenment. Of overtime games in the playoffs. Um Teams will be committed to offense, right? So you've got one offense. They march down, score a touchdown, kick a field goal because going for two is insane. The other offense marches down, scores a touchdown, kicks their extra point because going for going for two is insane. Then the next offense gets the ball, marches down, kicks their field goal, wins the game. And what are fans going to say? Wham, wham, I'm a baby. Both quarterbacks should have gotten two opportunities. They need to have the same number of opportunities. Josh Allen is just sitting on the sideline crying. No, no, Because Patrick nope. Mahomes See, got his second chance in sudden death. I, I disagree with this. And I, I think that I'm going to relate to the college football playoff. When people talk about expansion for the college football playoff, they say, well, if you go to six, if you go to eight, what's going to stop you from going to 12 or 16? And my response as an advocate for a six or an eight team playoff is, well, you just cut it off at eight. You cut it off at six. You say hard cut right there. It's not that hard to just say, okay, no higher than eight. Let's not get carried away here. And I think the so, same so, thing is going to uh, go for the NFL playoffs. I'm not saying there's going to be a slippery slope change in the rules. That's not what I mean. But you seriously think, let's go back to the Chiefs bill games. Mahomes scores a touchdown. Sure. Allen scores a touchdown. They would go for take two. a field goal and win the they game. They would go for two. There's no doubt in my mind that Buffalo would have gone for two. Then you're going to see this. Then you're going to see this. The rules are unfair. The Bills are forced to go for two. The game was decided by a coin toss all along. Fans already think the game's decided by a coin toss, and that's obviously not true. No, but they're saying it's decided. They're saying it's decided by a coin toss because their MVP candidate isn't allowed to have an impact on overtime. If you give Josh Allen the ball, he scores a touchdown, ties the game, going for two. You're putting the ball in your best player's hand, and he has the opportunity. Right now, if the Chiefs score a touchdown, there is no opportunity at all. And I think it's great. I think it's, I think there's even some thought on the offensive side for the first team to even go for two. It's kind of crazy, like you said. No, it's not crazy. It's wrong. It, it, no, I probably wouldn't do it, but there definitely is strategy to go along with it. There's not strategy here. Going for two would basically – unless you think – I did the math on this. You need to be something like 68 to 70% confident your two-point conversion attempt is going to work. And no team ever has converted anywhere. No, no. And I'm saying I wouldn't do it, but there is there are coaches. I think of Mike Tomlin back back a couple of years ago, and he was consistently going for two. There are coaches who would consider this to really put the pressure on the opposing offense. But ultimately here, you're then giving your defense the chance to win the game. Your defense for the fir- that first team then has a chance. Okay, get a stop. Get one stop or don't allow them to score the two point conversion. Then you get the ball back to your offense. If you can't get a stop, no big deal because we only care about offense and hand out participation trophies to teams that I, build I, their I entire see, team around see, the offense. I don't see how you're you're not you're not understanding the importance of defense. It's not like it's not like the defense has no influence on the game anymore. Surely the defense has an influence, but now defense is going to continue to be less important offense because the defense screws up. 
They give a big play. Uh, no worries. We put 80% of our cap into the offense. All we do is score. It doesn't matter if the opposing team scores. And we'll just get a two-point conversion anyway because we're delusional and think we're going to convert. <laughs> like, it's... I understand. You can't deny I understand. that it's de-emphasizing the only place in the rules where defense gets to have a similar impact as the offense. Okay, I'll give you that. It de-emphasizes defense, but it does not make the defense unimportant. The defense is still crucial to this. They're, they're not nearly as important as they otherwise would be. So let's just let's just get the record straight here. In the situation of last year. Chiefs have a couple have a couple miracle plays essentially tie up the game go to overtime, they score a touchdown. You do not want to see Josh Allen on the field. You say game over. I want to see uh, Bradley Bean invest a little bit in the defense. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Okay, okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run around in circles here. I, I love the rule change. You do not. A lot of people. I know that a lot of people have strong feelings on this. Both pro and anti rule change. I think pretty much everyone's in favor of this rule change. No, see, I, I heard uh, Michael K, New York, New York radio host was not happy at all. He was, he was very upset with this. I've heard quite a few people who are, who do not like the change. And, and I don't understand why, because I, I want to see, I guess I'm taking the fan perspective because that's kind of what we are. We're a fan show. I want to see these, these star players have the chance to continue the game, to keep, to keep playing, to have an opportunity, but I'm happy we got it. <laughs> it was going to happen, no yeah. matter what. It was eventually going to made. I don't think it will be changed that much from here, though. I would ne- I never. No, I, I don't think so either. Um, I think this change is going to be relatively successful at accomplishing what it wants to accomplish. And I think, though, I do think it's smart that it's only happening in the postseason because realistically, regular season games. Um, that's when you can say, look, we just want to get this over with. We don't want to drag yes. it on too long. We don't want to go in a crazy sudden death situation. And honestly, as things go, then you can kind of just say you win a game, you lose a game. Not a big deal. For such a long season. 17. Yeah, for such a long season, guys aren't going to want to be in those games for so long and continuing on. But I do think that is the next step, actually. I think there will be a game If it's going year. to change, that's yeah, all it'll be. That, that's the next step because there will eventually be a game that has playoff implications, as you were saying, late in the season. And you're going to see someone lose and some star quarterback not have the opportunity to tie the game. People are going to are going to say, well, it's ridiculous. It's the rule for the playoffs. Why can't it be the rule for regular season? And, and down the road, I'd be very surprised if we don't see this rule change implemented in regular season play. So there you have it for the NFL playoff overtime rule change. Ziggy hates it, dislikes it. I like it. Maybe kind of love it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the New England Patriots because they don't get enough love anymore now that Tom Brady is off in Florida drinking pina coladas and strawberry daiquiris and uh, deciding he doesn't want to be with his kids. In Fort Lauderdale, Bill Belichick made himself available for media day when all the coaches gathered down in Florida. You, you, you know in the like, big NFL head coach team picture, Bill Belichick just wasn't there? Yeah, I was he just I was didn't show up. Yeah, I was I was looking at the picture and I think I counted twenty seven or twenty eight coaches and did not see Belichick even though I knew he was in Florida. So that can't be too surprising. No? I think Bel- <laughs> I think if Belichick weren't required to make himself available to the media for this day, he wouldn't. And you can tell based on the incredibly unhelpful answers he gave to the controversial coaching changes the Patriots have made during this offseason. 
Yeah, so I love tell this you article. I love this article that I read. It was just saying Bill Belichick at these press conferences is essentially teaching lessons on comedy uh, to, to up and coming comics. Uh, it, it, some of his answers are hysterical, but I'll let you. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. We can get into some of the jokes later, but here's what's not a joke is the Patriots offense is being headed by two infamous figures now in the NFL. Former Detroit Lions head coach and Matt Patricia and former Giants head coach Joe Judge are now the ones that responsible for the offensive game plan and development of quarterback Mac Jones. What the hell are we doing? Like, Belichick has earned himself a lot of credit. I get it. He had his kid calling defensive plays last year. Everyone thought he was crazy. Didn't work. It worked out just fine. No problems there. He has made a bunch of weird free agency and draft decisions. Some of them haven't worked out, but he's won a bunch of Super Bowls. He's shipped off incredibly talented quarterback Drew Bledsoe to the Buffalo Bills to start some crummy sixth-round pick from Michigan. Like Belichick has made a lot of controversial decisions. Um, he's let almost every star player walk. He benched Malcolm Butler for the Super Bowl. Actually, maybe that one didn't work out so well. But <laughs> Belichick's made a lot of choices, and it's tough to argue with the results. But what is he thinking here? Mac Jones is entering a critical year in the development of an NFL quarterback. Their second year when they need to really start putting things together. And he's got Joe, QB sneak on third and eighth, Judge. And we can see the job he's done with Daniel Jones, unlocking whatever potential was there. And Matt Patricia, the guy who Lions fans literally poured champagne in the locker room when they found out he was going to be fired because they were so happy to see him go. What are you doing, Bill? And then we ask who's calling the plays, and he just says, ah, it's not important. I don't care about titles. There's no offensive coordinator. There's no defensive coordinator. It's just me, big Bill Belichick. What the hell, Paul? No, I'm with you because I don't want to question his decision-making. As most people do say, he's arguably the greatest coach in the history of the game. But it does feel like he's going a little rogue here, Ziggy. I have some of the quotes, like you said, I don't worry about titles. I worry about jobs. And then when asked about exactly who's going to be coaching, he said, I'm sure everybody will have a role in it. I'll work with him like I have before, Matt, Joe. Now, in in coaching, I'm sure that skills translate and that knowledge. If you're a great coach, you're a great coach. I do agree with Belichick when he says that. But Patricia hasn't coached offensively. He hasn't been offensive, offensive specific since 2004. And Joe Judge, we know he's a special teams coach. He's always he's that's where he has his expertise. So it seems a little questionable. As you said, this is a big year for Mac Jones, his second year in the league. We'll see trying to avoid a sophomore slump just to kind of throw together this trio, which is going to be Belichick, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and, and see how it goes. I do question that there. Um, but New, New England overall yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not liking where they're at at the moment. They haven't done anything this off season. They have Josh Allen and the Bills to worry about, who added Von Miller and have only improved. And then the Dolphins, they just added Tyreek Hill and are going to be more explosive. So New England's going to have to score points to keep up in this division. And nothing that they're doing right now seems to indicate that they're going to be better offensively next year than they were this previous season. No, and the offense last year. Let's forget it was fine, but it's it important okay. they yeah. take it, it, it's important they take steps forward. It's worth noting in the games they played against the Bills, they played three last year. 
they were able to win the game where it was really stormy and offense didn't matter much because Belichick, using his expertise, came up with a great game plan and took care of the defense. Mac Jones threw, what, three passes? Three, just three. Then the Bills and Patriots played a relatively close game near the end of the regular season where the Bills' offense was able to get things going. And you might say, well, it wasn't that close. And it wasn't, but it was a heck of a lot closer than that playoff game, which was catharsis for 20 years of Tom Brady ruining the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah, that, right? that the, did the, have the, a the nice Bills, revenge factor. The Bills opened it up and blew the doors off the Patriots, the point where people were wondering if Belichick was too, so embarrassed he was just going to retire. You know, maybe this is going to work. Maybe Belichick is just going to spend a lot of time on defense or on the offense and let Steve Belichick take care of the defense. Maybe Belichick has actually just been the mastermind behind Tom Brady's success all along, and Josh McDaniels wasn't a big deal. Maybe it's the case that Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, neither of whom have ever coached offense, right? Joe Judge did special teams, and Patricia did mediocre defense. Maybe it's the case that those Patricia two has are experience. Fine. They both they both have experience, I believe, offensively, but Do they? never an offensive coordinator role. What what kind of experience are we talking about here? Because if we're talking like I was a wide receivers coach 10 years ago, I'm willing to call that functionally no experience. Patricia worked with the offensive line in 2004. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> he was a, so we got an offensive line coach in 2004. And Joe Judge, I just looked it up. He was – the only time he hasn't been on special teams is when he was a linebackers coach at Birmingham Southern. These guys have, unless Belichick just knows the secrets, and it sure seems like he's going to be calling the offensive plays now. Because I can't imagine he's giving either of them offensive play calling responsibility. It's just, I don't see it. And Patriots fans, I think, have to be getting very worried. Bill Belichick's made a lot of what you might call ego picks in the draft, right, where he's just convinced he knows better than everyone else. He likes taking guys no one else is looking at. He likes reaching for guys like Nikhil Harry. Um, like Belichick's made a lot of mistakes. Hey, hey, in the let's past not few let's, years. let's not pretend like you weren't all over Nikhil Harry. I thought Nikhil Harry was physically talented, and I thought that Tom Brady would elevate him, and that didn't play out. Nikhil Harry's functioning off the team. Asked for a trade, wasn't able to get it. I mean, look, it's bad enough that Robert Kraft came out and said he was glad that last year's draft picks and Jones and Christian Barmore. We're working out, and Ramondre Stevenson were working out so well because that made up for many bad years of drafting from Bill Belichick. Stevenson's a good player. Both both you and I have agreed on that going into last season. Yeah, but that's just, it's not enough for an offense that really is incredibly dependent on Nelson Aguilar and Hunter Henry to take care of business. I just, I don't see what they do here. I to, And I, I totally understand this comment from Kraft, but just shows how spoiled. New England fans are when he says it bothers me that Patriots haven't won a playoff game in three years. Just think of it, thinking about the Boston sports fans, the privilege that they've had to to root for so many teams that have won Super Bowls and World Series and Stanley Cups. It, but he's right, he's right, and I do think that the bar in New England is set at playoff success. Uh, you should be aiming for Super Bowls when you have Bill Belichick. Uh, it's I don't see this team in a position at the moment to go on a Super Bowl run next season. 
Yeah, and let's not forget, they haven't won a playoff game in three years. They've made the playoffs two of the past three. And the Bills game, absolute disaster, no doubt, on both sides of the ball. But that game against the Titans, before we forget, Tom Brady had a chance, not a chance to win the game, but the offense was putrid, and he had a chance to put together one of those signature Brady drives. Immediately throws a pick six and ends his New England career. The offense has what's held this team back. They're offensive coordinator. Honestly, this is going to sound crazy. I would feel better if they were bringing in Josh freaking McCown to be the offensive coordinator than these guys. Let me ask you, who scares you on that New England offense right now? If you're a defensive coordinator, you're playing the Patriots. Is anyone, anyone at all keeping you up at night? The only thing that might be keeping me up at night is the offensive line. Um, they have a solid offensive line, and when you have a solid offensive line, things can come together. Hunter Henry on his own, not very scary, but a competent tight end. Mac Jones, not very scary, but protection, he makes some passes. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, not especially scary players in their own right, but in a rotation with a good offensive line can do damage. Yeah, but they here's have what a lot you of good don't, players. Yeah. They have a lot of no, solid players. When the, when the thing I'm most scared about are blocking schemes – Especially especially when we were talking just a couple minutes ago about Mahomes and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and the explosiveness of the AFC, their, their offense does not stack up. If you look at the players on the Patriots offense and look at the players on the Jets offense and look at like what their relative strengths and weaknesses are and what they might be good at going into next year, you can pretty easily talk yourself into thinking that the Jets' offense has a much bigger, exciting upside than the Patriots. Oh, I I think they probably do. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say sit here and say that the Jets are on track to have a better offense than New England next year because that's where coaching. I do think Belichick, even as a defensive minded coach, he's he's overall he's a great football coach. We know that he'll have he'll have good influence if not if not great influence on the offense, but. Compared to the Bills and the Dolphins, this New England offense is way behind pace. Really? But that's not how they win. That's not how they like to win. No, but we've seen this time and time again in the playoffs. The the goal for the Bill or the goal for the Patriots, as Kraft has made very clear, is playoff wins. And probably not just one either. I think they'd like my guess is their internal hope, not necessarily expectations, but hope is to make it back to the AFC title game next year. And you look at who they're going to have to get through. They might have to get through the Chiefs. They might have to get through the Broncos. They might have to get through the Bills. This is all assuming they make the playoffs, right, which isn't a guarantee in a division that's gotten oh, a lot not at all this offseason. And a conference that's gotten a lot tougher. Yeah, it's they, – they as the third best team in the AFC East, if that's where they finish, they have no chance. But looking at all of that, we've seen it. No matter how strong your defense is, you are never out of the game. If you got Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or even Russell Wilson on your team, because they can just light it up. Justin Herbert can just light it up. The Patriots Joe go down Burrow can light points. it up. Patriots well, go down twenty one points. The game's over. At this point, the Patriots. You know, I think Mac Jones is good. I think he's a very solid player. But they've got realistically the eighth or ninth. If they make the playoffs, there is a good chance every single quarterback. Other than theirs is better. That they've got the worst quarterback in the AFC. Well, class. let's 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 go through let's go through it real quick. And we'll see who who do we rank above New England in the AFC East. I got the Dolphins. Uh, 
Not, not, no, we're just talking quarterbacks. I am not. Tua, I think, is close to equal on Mac Jones. I'll give Patriots the benefit of the doubt and say Jones. Sure. So in the AFC East, we're going to say only Josh Allen, correct? Sure. All right. The AFC West, all four. Yeah, that's five. We've got, so we got what? We got Carr, Wilson, Herbert, and Mahomes. And Mahomes. No, no chance. Maybe cars. Cars underrated. And In cars the north, the other one we're stuff. probably looking at three, right? We have Lamar, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, and I think that Mac Jones is better than whoever the Steelers wind up going with Trubisky, Rudolph. So that we're up to eight now. Yes. And then the South, Tannehill, Matt Ryan. Probably. There's arguments there. There's arguments there. Trevor Lawrence and Davis Mills, I'd say. Mm, Trevor, Trevor, you can make an argument. So there's about, let's just say 10. There are 10 quarterbacks in the AFC that we would likely take right now over Mac Jones for next season. And no matter how high you are on Jones, he can't be better than ninth. There's clearly eight better than him. Yes, yes. And there's seven playoff spots. So first, good luck getting to the playoffs. And once you're there, you're going to need a hell of a defensive effort to slow down any of those eight guys. So it's the thing is defensive efforts not enough because if your offense isn't able to take up a lot of time and score a lot of points, your defense will get tired. That's just a fact. And this relates they to can, overtime too. This totally relates to overtime, like you were saying, because the the emphasis in the NFL is on offense. And if anything is showing that, look at the change in the rules just now. Emphasis on offense. Emphasis on being creative. Uh, Bill Belichick's really been one of the few exceptions there are definitely some other coaches who have been able to put this off for a while and belichick's only been able to put it off because he's the best quarterback of all time taking care of business yeah so and the best tight end of all time they 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 need a weapon they need a weapon let's let's not forget the best cornerback arguably in the entire afc just left the patriots to go to the chargers the patriots are losing players on defense they're not gaining their defense got worse this offseason. I think this is good uh, for, for anyone who's still watching. Drop in the comments of the YouTube video what you think the Patriots record will be next year or how far you think they'll get in the postseason if they get there at all. Honestly, I would be blown away if the Patriots make the playoffs. It just seems too competitive. I can't. I don't see this Patriots team winning 10 games. Me too. Uh, they'll probably split with Miami. I, I would put Buffalo – I would have Buffalo to sweep them right now. Yeah, well, and let's not forget, it's not like the Patriots have particularly easy, a particularly easy schedule next year. What, they've got to play the AFC North and the NFC North? Well, the NFC North. <laughs> people, people aren't too happy with the NFC North right now. No, but so what? Figure – no, excuse me. Is it the NFC North? Yeah, I believe it's the AFC it North is, and it the is. NFC North. It is, yeah, yeah, so it's – there's – there's six hard games there. I'm going to include the Vikings. And then, you Thank know, you. they got to go to Arizona to play the Cardinals. they got to play the Colts. They've got to play the Raiders. You know, they get an, a couple to of nice passes. To be fair, also, you have well, – people keep talking about the difficult schedules next year. And for AFC teams, there are going to be a lot of difficult schedules because it's just a great conference. But for any team, you're going to have the opportunity to, to, to get your seat. You'll have the ability to win tiebreakers that are going to be crucial at the end of the season. So the opportunity is certainly there for New England. They'll have their chance against the Raiders, like you said. They'll have their chance against uh, what was the other the, the North. 
right there. Yeah, you have, so the, the, against the Bengals, against the Ravens. Against, you need those games for the wild card. Because I'm assuming Buffalo wins the division. No question. Yeah, if they can beat the Bengals, the Steelers, and either the Ravens or the Browns, they're in a decent spot. They go 3-1 and one in the NFC North. That's a good spot. But look at how many hypotheticals you got to build in, right? Yeah, yeah. But ju- just in general, between between the Dolphins, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, Browns, Ravens, like there are Steelers if you want to include them, Titans. I'm just making up the division winners. There's eight teams you're competing for three spots with. And yeah, I don't know if New England ranks in the top half of those eight teams. So but hey, you know, Belichick is won a lot of games. I don't want to He's doubt won him. a lot of I don't divisions. Want to doubt him. Ziggy, we were sitting right here. We were sitting right here back in October, early November, saying that New England might be the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. So I I don't want to doubt Bill Belichick because last year there was a time when people were saying the Patriots were probably their favorite to go and represent the AFC. They did well. I would just say I do think this is a big year for Belichick. Yes. Um, He's had a couple crummy seasons, you know, with and without Tom Brady. And he seems to me like the kind of guy who's always got something to prove. Yes. Oh, after Tom won the Super Bowl, you know that he, you know, he wants one more. You know, he wants one more. Band. Hey, you know that that crazy world where we got Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. It's live. Brady's back. Belichick wants to be back. I'm not saying it's likely, but. It's possible. You're saying there's a chance. Okay. All right. That'll wrap it up for this this episode of the Paul Farrington Show. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Paul Farrington Show and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening, if you stuck around this long, leave a comment. Give us a like. Just tell us what the Patriots do. Yep. You know what? You, what get the the, you get the Patriots record right. You get where they who they lose to in the playoffs right. I'll buy you a Paul Farrington Show shirt. Right now, I'm on the record. There you go. There you go. So leave a comment for a shirt. Uh, We'll test your football knowledge. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you for Fun Friday. Peace.